That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Diagra Moon Losing my opinion Alright, let's hear this Thomas. lovely introduction you prepared for us, Thin Lear why do you got to set me up like that? Well, th- this is actually connected to what you have done to me this week. Uh-oh. This is your tagline on social media. Thin Lear says McCartney is a dot, 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 lazy songwriter. I, I, you have put me on blast and left me totally naked and vulnerable I mean, on social media. Was that not your thesis? I got, so, sort of. It was sort of my thesis. It, that's like a little... It's a, it's, it's a no context extreme version of what I was saying, um, aka social media posts. <laughs> That's how isn't that like the name of the game? I'm not blaming you for what you did. I think I'm just too delicate oh, for this. I'm too no. delicate for the life of a podcaster with hot takes. I got a DM <laughs> from somebody. It was like today. we're no longer friends. No, they were just like, you're wrong. How could you say this? He's the greatest songwriter of all time. They're engaged, and that's what matters. They're engaged the in hating me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've not gotten a DM oh, man. Of, of this magnitude before. so I. Uh, what did they say? They, they were just like, you're, they, they're just flat out, you know, flat out you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, McCarty is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. They refrain from doing that thing that they do to us on TikTok. Like, who are you? You know, like that that whole thing where it's like, yeah, okay, I'm a piece of shit. I'm not allowed to have opinions. Um, they didn't do that. So that's good. They're a lot meaner on TikTok. I'm sorry that I, I stirred up some trouble for you on, uh, on social I media, understand. but I blame social media. It's what it does to us all. No? Way to not take responsibility, <laughs> but I understand why you did what you did. Uh-huh. I get it. Anyway, so you might've heard another voice in there that was not mine own. Or Thomas's. I really worked on this intro for today because I, I care about doing this person justice. So our guest today is really one of the most gifted songwriters whom I can actually call a good friend. Hopefully that's not shocking uh, for them to hear. So I met our guest today many years ago at a, I think, barbecue get-together in Texas. Uh, I don't know if you call it a barbecue down there if it was just a hangout. Um, I heard her writing and music and got chills, something that still happens to me today when I listen to her work. She's the pride of Austin, Texas. I think they even have like a day for her there, which is something I really need to work on in Levittown. Like maybe I can get like a uh, key to the city shaped like a bagel or something. I don't know what they would do. But uh, she's released two EPs, two albums over the last decade, which includes her latest record, Uncomfortable Truths. Um, No Depression says this about her music, and I, I really like this quote. She digs deep into her own feminism with clear-eyed honesty. Some tunes are as expansive as Holder's native Texas, while others are as close and claustrophobic as a troubled relationship. And that is, I, I don't know how she feels about that line, but I think it's a pretty accurate description of her artistry. Um, folks, today we have Allie Holder. Welcome, Allie. Hi, that was so kind. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Really excited to have you here. Yeah, this is a long time coming. We've been talking about asking you for a while and uh, then it always takes me several months to ask someone once we decide, okay, we're going to ask this person. And then Thomas has to be like, hey, uh, did you do the thing you said you were going to do six months ago? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I say it in a gentler tone than that. You know, he's really well, gentle. I was yeah. honored because I was like, I want to be on their podcast, but I don't have strong opinions about anything. Mm-hmm. I'll back down in a fight almost immediately. But you, that is not true. Uh, neither of those <laughs> things are true. <laughs> 
Are they not? I have, I've seen Allie like slice down a heckler. Oh, that's true. I've seen her slice down multiple hecklers, Ooh. but I saw her like the most brutal um, cut down of a heckler that I've seen like in New York too. We were playing at this at Hill Country Barbecue. Um, there was just like a bunch of dickheads in the front and she just like cut somebody down with like a look and, and a word. And I was like, wow, usually I just let that shit go on. <laughs> <laughs> just say, they well, are being filthy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're huge pieces of shit. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That collection. <laughs> I loved it. Boosts my confidence. Yeah. Very excited to have you on today for uh, this week's episode of Losing My Opinion. That's right. I am How To with John Wilson enjoying uh-huh. uh, indie artist Niagara Moon, a.k.a. Tom Serwin. I am How To with John Wilson uh I finished it. I'm done with it. And it was troubling. <laughs> Love that show. But it was like a, the last episode, man. Yeah. Maybe maybe kind of feel things. I'm also an indie artist, Thin Lear, a.k.a. Matt Longo. And did you know John Wilson went to Binghamton, my old college? So Were you in the same acapella group as him? <laughs> I was not, but he's right. When he talks about acapella groups running rampant through Binghamton University Alley, acapella is like... There are all these acapella groups. It's kind of like the dominant mode of artistic expression at Binghamton, or it was when I went there. Were you in an acapella group? Hell no. No. I cannot picture that. <laughs> no. No, it was a lot of like Carmen San Diego sounding stuff. Yeah. Well, on this year's show, we like to surprise each other, cue the ghost noises, <laughs> with hot takes or sometimes just weird abstract musical interests uh we, we we bring songs in to show everybody else and we got things to say about them and uh it's it's the art of the surprise other people don't know what to expect we're we're all coming in blind do you have a fun one today do you have, I a, have a fun one? one today i have a nice one yeah i'm, okay. I'm excited you said nice you texted me nice. nice i don't know what that means it's nice and it's fun it's good we're talking about an artist that uh i guess he came up briefly in a recent episode but before that I suppose we just shy away from talking about him for some reason, even though I know at least uh, myself and Thin Lear are very influenced by him. Definitely a cult figure, uh, the venerable Harry Nilsson. Mm. And uh, we, we love Harry Nilsson. I don't know if uh, you're familiar with him, Allie. I do love Harry Nilsson. So we got, we got three Nilsson fans on the show today. That, that's good. Here's my slant on Harry Nilsson. I've been waiting to talk about this guy forever. He's a huge influence I don't think we should assume everybody listening to the show knows who he is, though, right? Should we give lay some groundwork here? Um, probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, people people likely know, I guess, the song from Midnight, Midnight Cowboy. Cowboy. Everybody's talking. It's probably. And Lime in the Coconut. Yeah. Yeah, the Coconut song, yeah. Yeah. It's like the stuff that we love him for the most is way more obscure. I mean, those songs are great, too. One of them's a cover, but he's he's the the Midnight Cowboy guy. He was the the Beatles, like at the height of their fame in the '60s, made a point of being like our favorite American artist is Harry Nilsson, and John Lennon especially was like a champion of his. John Lennon produced one of his albums in the '70s, which is crazy, which is a yeah, crazy, crazy record. album, Pussycats. Um, this guy had a lot of juice behind him. He's a tremendous talent, has an amazing singing voice, but also just had a lot of self-destructive qualities, did a lot of really strange, misguided things in his career, and just sort of self-sabotaged and just by the second half of the 70s pretty much just fizzled out into obscurity. 
So it's like he's when you find him, you love him. But it's he's kind of like a musician's musician, might be fair to say. Ali, that that self destructive musician thing, where it's like, you know, I looked at his story or like town story or whatever. It's like the ones that imploded and like you know towns can barely walk up a flight of stairs. And Harry Nilsson like in- intentionally, seemingly blows his voice out. Like that stuff, I think I was drawn to when I was like sixteen. Being like, ooh, oh, totally. this is something enticing about this. But like now I look at that, not with disgust, but with like, you know. You just feel bad. Pity. Pity, yeah. Yeah. And it's like sometimes I feel like you almost have to be those kind of people to make the quality of art that they do, which, which, is, which is a bummer. But also, yeah, it used to be like real attractive and now if I see anyone do that, I'm like. Yeah, right. This person is going to no bottom things. out pretty, pretty soon. Yeah. yeah. Now. Here's the, for me, captivating thing about uh, his discography, just where things went. So, all right, it's it's the mid-70s. He records an album with, with John Lennon. He loses his voice because he's just treating himself like shit, uh, drinking an insane amount. He's just going down a spiral. Uh, it's like crappy half-thought album, one after the other for a while. He just has a real bad streak there, with with some exceptions, but like Do It On Monday... Yeah, yeah. What is it? They're they're messes. That's the way it is, or whatever. Like they're just yeah. It's always dashed off. Yeah, shoddy products there. But one of my favorite albums of Nelson's comes uh, in 1977. Every it's just the comeback of the century for me. Like the guy is right back on the top of his game with an album called Knilson. Is that how it's supposed to be pronounced? That's how I would say it. Yeah, it's spelled as confusingly as possible. <laughs> Uh, as you two can see in the Zoom chat, the album cover is off-putting. Like he's still not doing himself any favors, but the music on this album is sublime. Then, Lear, do you want to comment on your particular relationship with this album, or we'll keep that a secret for now? It's not. It's not one of my favorites. I tend to go towards the earlier stuff, you, like the Pandemonium Shadow Show, and you know that 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 might be my favorite of his. I mean, obviously, Nilsson Schmilson is like you know. I was, the one that he actually took the time to do. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was trying to tee up if you wanted to talk about your cover, but we can save that for another episode. Oh, I did a cover of a. <laughs> All right, let's, let's start this over. Oh, you got to keep that in. You got to keep that God in. God damn. What cover? We're getting there, folks. Uh, so, Longo, you got a, a special connection with this album on, on some level? Yes. yes, that's right, Thomas. That's correct. Yes, I recorded a cover of the song "Perfect Day" by Harry Nielsen, not by Lou Reed, which is you know different. Kind of Lou Reed day. has dominion yeah. over that different "Perfect Day" um, for uh, the show "Better Call Saul," but they didn't accept it. But I was in the running. Yeah, you got damn close. So it's kind of like my claim to fame. You know, I would say it's probably the height of achievement. I can't wait for that cover life. to come out. It sounded immaculate. Like. Oh, I want to hear that. Yeah. I think it's all right. It was amazing. I did an animated video of it, too, with Harry Nielsen as a baby um, floating (laughs) with angel wings in heaven. (laughs) Hell yeah. It's cool. When it comes out, I'll, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Perfect Day, that's a song from Knilsson. There's a ton of tunes on this album I love. It has a really unique sound. just seemed to come out of nowhere, the style that's on it. Like, it just sounds so full, and there's great orchestration, and... He's just at the height of his powers. His voice came back, as far as I can tell. It's a little gruffer, but like he soars again vocally. So I'm winding us up here for my argument for today. 
This is yeah. What uh, is it? This is another edition of uh, what I like to do here sometimes: revisionist history, imagining things going a different way. And this album, Knilson, is so good, uh, but nobody noticed because the same year that it came out uh, on RCA Records, another RCA Records artist, uh, Elvis Presley, sadly passed away. And RCA Records put all their attention and money and promotional powers into riding that out and Elvis's back catalog. It was all Elvis, Elvis, Elvis that year. Oh, yeah. uh, Knilson totally got snubbed. And I think it took the wind out of his sails for like the rest of his musical life. He did one more album after Knilson called like Flash Harry that got like half distribution and it's not, nowhere near, it's not on the same planet of quality. And then it just, it totally fizzled out. He just kind of hit away, like retired, I would say prematurely from music and yeah, just a bummer. So Elvis Presley died. The other thing that happened was John Lennon passed away just a few years after. Nilsson's main champion in the music industry, like literally the guy who kept Nilsson signed to RCA, I think without Lennon and his influence and his friendship with Nilsson, the dude could have been out of the game five years sooner. So these, the death of these two iconic rock stars... Elvis Presley and John Lennon resulted in Nilsson fizzling out and not becoming a Disney artist. I think he would have done Disney soundtracks. Wait, what? That's my argument today, <laughs> folks. I completely agree with that. I could totally see that. Like Roger Miller type He could thing. have been a Randy Newman. Mm, yeah. It could have happened. Yeah. Are you yeah, seeing it? Right. Yeah, you're right. That makes sense. I don't think that's a bad thing. No. My hackles always come up when people talk about Randy Newman and they kind of just know the one slice of him. And that's what put his kids through college also, but... Uh, he doesn't care. You don't know his racist side. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Nilsson could have been a household name or at least as much as Randy Newman became one with uh, You Got a Friend in Me. He could have been up there and I think on the Disney website they call him the, the Disney Legends. He could have been one of the Disney Legends along with frickin' Elton John... Peter Gabriel. Oh, Elton John. Yeah, he's a Disney legend. Harry Nelson could have been a Disney legend. That's my argument for today. Wow. And I present to you now Exhibit A. Uh, these are all songs from Knilsson that I'm going to share here. Uh, sorry, you got something to say here? But you both think he could have kept his shit together long enough Look to be- Look at Roger Miller. <laughs> he was a <laughs> drunk and a half. He did a whole true. soundtrack. There's plenty of drunks that were able to, to hobble along. He was like more functional, though, I feel. <laughs> he pulled his shit together for Knilsson, and you can hear it. And I think he would have kept in that direction if it had been appreciated by the public, but it was not. It was ignored, and I think that mm -hmm. broke him a little bit. I, he, he lost his momentum after that completely. And then John Lennon dying was, was the, the nail in the coffin. If it wasn't for those two, the, the premature passing of both those artists... In my brain, I'm putting together a conspiracy theory here where uh, sure. Harry Nilsson's success could have had a, a second life. So I think Knilsson and several of the songs on that tee him up perfectly. So maybe the two of you can imagine your Disney executives trying to consider this this Nilsson guy. Always, for a always do. For a project. Uh, <laughs> okay. The first song I want to share, Blanket for Sale. I cannot look at that album cover anymore. It's making me dizzy. It's disgust. Yeah. Also, get somebody else to do his publicity. He was terrible <laughs> at it. 
I'll, I'll scroll down so you don't have to look at it. song says you shall never fail use your heart as a rudder faith as a compass and a blanket for a sail did you both know this song before yeah I've heard it I, yeah, I hear the Disney thing now. Totally. He could have even been a voice actor, maybe. But we'll get to that in a second. Totally. I mean, his voice is still luxurious here. Oh, yeah. Uh, love that tune. I love the Disney aspect of that. Even in my last album, the, Harry Nilsson was on one of my tracks for I Wanted Like a Disney Sound in the um, like B section of it. And that's that's what I put on the track list for that for the engineer. Harry Nelson sang on your album? No, she meant for the like telling someone to- <laughs> For like the oh, vibe okay, of the okay. song. I'm like, I want it to sound Disney-like. I think I did like a Beauty and the Beast song and then like a Harry Nelson song. Hell yeah. Which song is that? Yeah, wh- yeah what song is that, Ellie? Oh, that song is called um, Bad Wife. Sweet, I'm looking at that song. later. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my exhibit A. I mean, the guy has a history of being in, of working with Hollywood productions. Like, even though the movie Popeye was like Robin Williams' Popeye, that movie's a fucking <laughs> movie hot mess. Crazy. But he did the soundtrack to Popeye. He's done soundtracks. He he did uh, that like horrible Jackie Gleason psychedelic movie Skidoo or whatever. He did the song. He did. For that. He also did. Uh, what's the song? Uh, uh, I think it's the uh, the movie's called The Point. Yeah, he this, this, wrote this song, the point. He arrow. wrote a kids movie and like and it's was great. the voiceover artist of the music. Like he's already made he made a kids movie already. Yeah, The Point. I love that that album. I love that. Me and My Arrow. Yeah, oh, Alma yeah. likes that song. Oh, that's such that a, that's that might be my favorite Harry Nelson song. Mm. Yeah, uh, it sounds like you're both on my. You're you're agreeing with me so far. Allie and, and Matt, you're both uh, on board? Yeah, there's no convincing that. Yeah, cool. why not? All right, great. Well, it's only going to get more <laughs> convincing from here. Uh, so another tune on this album, Knilsson, Who Done It? It's like a fake, like, Agatha Christie story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll play a little bit of that. This kind of goes into my argument of he maybe could have even, like, voiced a character for a Disney movie. He does some some character work in this song, I'd say. I can see that. I mean, on the Coconut song, he like he does a lot of characters that are all crazy. He's like he's like borderline personality disorder. <laughs> yeah. <song>. Now let <laughs> me get this right. straight. <laughs> Ellie, do you harmonize with yourself a lot? Like when you on your records, or do you like do you build no, your own harmonies? I have my two friends that are fantastic at harmonies. I can do it in a pinch, but I'm not that good, and they're like perfect. I've got a perfect like low and high person. That's it's hard to find 
Because it's like, you know, mostly people harmonize with themselves. I've not heard someone harmonize with themselves, like, in quite the way that he does. Oh, yeah. Nilsson is it's, yeah. famous for that. We're, we might not hear that today, but he's an all-time, like, does all the backing vocals himself. It sounds gorgeous. Just a tapestry of, so cool. of uh, beautiful singing. Yeah. He's also, that's like just another notch on his belt. Yeah. Let's uh, let's listen to Who Done It. I'm going to cut in after the like Beethoven Thunderclouds uh, intro here. Get to the, the talky part. Is that how you say Beethoven? Oh, this is a whole thing. Beethoven? Beethoven? Yeah. You just got to let it pass over. I've gotten, I've gotten flack for saying it that way before, but. Is that proper? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just out here guessing. Okay. What were you saying, Ellie? I was just like, have I been saying it wrong my whole life? Like every other word? Yeah, she, is it Beth? Like Beethoven? Beethoven? Or, or Beethoven? Be- Beethoven. How does John Lennon sing it? Roll over. He says Be- Beethoven. He says it like that. We'll, we'll table this uh, for our, our okay. <laughs> another segment. Keep, you got to keep this in. This has got to stay in. Yeah, it's staying in. All right, here we go. Harry Nelson, who done it? <laughs> Got a little lime in the coconut feel. It was a rainy night and all the windows were tight. There were 13 people in the house. The owner I'm seeing another wife, Disney movie. And his wife, cook with her knife, a couple named Smythe. The Andersons were there with another strange pair and the scary caretaker and me. Clock struck one, there was the sound of a gun, and I heard somebody run away. And the twelve who were alive had terror in their eyes, and I overheard the Anderson say, Who could have done it? Who could have done it? And I wonder where was the crook in a knife. Adam said Adam with his wife by his side. It was the shot we heard that took her All right. life. So I'm gonna. It's very monster mash. <laughs> I was working in the lab. So again, if you two are Disney execs back in the '80s, totally. Is this? Yeah, I'm his manager trying to sell you on him. Is is this uh, appealing to your senses? Absolutely. I'm, I'm getting nods here. Um, I'd say he needs a handler. Oh yeah. yeah oh yes. Yeah. Well, well, that, that's part of handler. the contract I've written up. Is he needs somebody trained in uh, removing bottles of alcohol from somebody's clenched fist? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to skip ahead a little bit in this tune to like the ending. So the main character uh, is in quite a bit of trouble, I'll say. And my side tangent thesis for today is this is where Bobcat Goldthwait got his uh, persona. Mm. This voice coming up here. That's probably the hottest take you've had so far. I said this must be a dream. I said this can't be real. You don't believe a word that I've said. And then he looked up. me in the eye and said, have mercy on the soul. And I was hanged. By the neck until death. Have mercy. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, stop. Hey, would you mind rewinding that last sentence? This is a I little Disney critter talking now. I think you made a large mistake here. First of all, I was in Colorado having breakfast this with is a like the nerd. mischievous little dragon okay. or something. What do you mean there's nothing to get hung up about? I mean, it should be 
Just a little snippet there for you. You could totally be Timon. Timon or Pumbaa. Until when? <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> We're convinced, man. There's no... There's no... Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with myself here. I'll play one more bit of a song. Uh, maybe my favorite from the album. I never thought I'd get this lonely. That's the name of the track. It's a good tune. I don't know. I'll play like second half going towards the ending. You can tell me if this helps or hurts my argument, what we're about to hear, if, if, if we're going too far on, uh, on this next bit. Uh, what, what movie would you guys put, uh, assign him to? What Disney classic? Beethoven's Fifth. Beethoven's Fifth. Fifth. I would say Princess and the Frog. Ooh. I love Dr. John. He did pretty good. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he could have been a contributing artist on that one, maybe. Yeah, you do get like a swampy vibe with him somehow. Mm-hmm. All right, so this last one here, I never thought I'd get this lonely. This tune is great. It gets a little interesting at the end here. I'm sorry. And then she said, oh, I never thought I'd feel this guilty. But now it's just too late to man. Oh, yeah. I could say I'm sorry. For a lifetime But in the end It still would be the end Hear it now Definitely drunk <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean it, it, you know, it's in keeping with, uh, yeah, he, he needs the handler. If he's got the handler, he's not going to do this, you know, in front of the animators. It's like Rocky Horror Picture Show slash Disney. Oh. Yeah. We talked about that in a previous episode. You should have been on that one. Damn it. It's, it's weird because, like, early on in that same song, he's he sings the sequence of notes, and I'm like, how does the a human voice do that? I don't know if you know the song, Matt, where it's like, I never thought I could. It's like he sounds like an opera singer, and then he just devolves into whatever that was yeah. at the end. All right, well, sign here on the dotted line, and uh, we'll we'll get things rolling. We'll go into production. Yeah, give him the contract. You're hired. <laughs> well, I didn't expect it to be that easy, but uh, it's good to know I'm right. Uh, Allie, what have you been listening to this week? Losing my opinion. I actually came here to talk about some guilty pleasure country songs. Yeah, that's right. I was raised off country music, particularly outlaw country. So I love country music. But being a teenage girl when I grew up, um, there is just some particularly cheesy, horrifically wonderful songs that so many I could have chosen from. But I I picked three and then a parody song to play. I love it. Perfect. Perfect. And, and, you know, I feel like, Thomas, this is what you get, you know? I bring you John Prine. I bring you all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, what's you, up you with John Prine, dude? Turn up your nose at me. He's, he said, this is what he said. I'm going to say what you said. You can, you can tell me if this is not it. He was like, all oh, the arrangements are all really similar. Like, there's not a lot going on. Like, it's mostly lyric-based. And he's just like, he's not down with lyrics driving, running the show. Oh. You know, like, yeah. it's got to be... Yeah, and it's like his voice, I'm not going to say his voice is bad, but it's plain. Good Lord. Um, 
It's like if I'm going to hear Angel from Montgomery, I might want to hear somebody else deliver. Have it. Bonnie Raitt sing it? Yeah. You know what it is? It like, I, this is I stupid. This is, like, this is already rough stuff here, but I feel like a lot of his songs are like predicated <laughs> on like having an interest in the character he's singing about. And sometimes I'm like, uh, I don't care. Like that, this person's story, I'm not interested in this right now. He's a songwriter, songwriter. That might be uh, the underlying problem. Yeah, I one thing I'm curious about with this. So I, I've talked about guilty pleasures in the past, and sometimes I'm like, I can't tell if this is a guilty pleasure or not. Is there no ambiguity? Like you're you're set on. Do you feel guilty about liking this music, or? Uh, depends on who I'm talking to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I played this first song at a hoot night for like cheesy '90s country, and it was, I loved it so much. Um, it's like so cheesy mm. but it's just so wonderful i don't know how to explain it Man, i know the feeling are there different like for the for the tunes you brought in are there aspects of them that are different kinds of cheese or is the cheesy element like similar within each you know i'm actually going to change one of my songs um did my question but i think precipitate that <laughs> i don't know maybe i'll leave them as they are um the first two are kind of similar in their um cheesiness okay. and the second one is like it's a good song made cheesy a little bit mm. interesting is there an era that we're looking at like when you when you think of country cheese like are we talking about i think a lot of people so think of the 90s, 90s specifically yeah. okay 90s early 2000s well, as long as you don't bring in achy breaky heart i'm happy <laughs> no come on don't worry no, he's not gonna no this song was like you know i'm like a you know however high school kid in bumfuck texas with nothing to do and like this song is just like speaks to everything so the song is called strawberry wine uh by diana carter <laughs> oh boy i've not heard this but just this title yeah alone so good okay uh yeah well needless to say i'm not going to know any of the songs today so i'm excited to <laughs> see what all the fuss is about i think we should i'm going to try to take this as seriously as possible I'm going to see, you know, if there's a song that I don't think you should feel guilty about, I'll tell you. Yeah, that that's a good point. It's like, can we give the word on whether this is actually, is this guilty undo or not guilty? Guilt. Maybe, maybe that, yeah, undo the guilt. I, I would like to say this song is a little rapey uh, um, in, in retrospect. When I was re-listening to it, I was like, oh, she's maybe a minor, but, you know, uh, maybe 17 was legal at that time. Okay, you're not, you're not right. setting this up And with well. that, strawberry wine. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and take us away, Tom. <laughs> he was working through college On my grandpa's farm I was thirsting for knowledge And he had a car Oh, well, there you go Yeah, I was caught somewhere between a woman and a child One restless summer we found love growing wild On the banks of the river Allie's rocking out right now <laughs> It's a great chorus Just wait
stop it. I know. Let it go to the end of the court. I like the old folks running through the field. Yeah, I want to let this ride out here. I like this one. This is not a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I don't. I don't see what's guilty about this. Are you kidding? The, no, the I video's mean, a like, little dated, but that's it. The song. Yeah, I'm is, not watching the video. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah, it's not the video that plays in my mind. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, it's not like I would be listening to it on headphones on the subway kind of song, but yes, you know, I would be embarrassed if the cord got you know pulled out or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I don't think it's I don't think it's that guilty of a, like the arrangement is not you know it's '90s country but it's not like over yeah. the top you know it just has all those elements that make no. it sound like '90s country and the lyrics are not yeah. are not that bad. I I think like it's a, it's a very formulaic thing that that is comforting sure. in that style of music. Yeah, you know, like go to the verse and the chorus and the verse and the bridge and the chorus and. I love it. And the swinging for the fences on the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just doesn't matter what the verses are. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thomas, you didn't hate this. I I'm shocked. It, yeah. I, bring in, I, I bring you John Prine. I bring you, what else did I, 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 how many times have I tried to bring in country music to this podcast? It's that, that song. It just, it was, it had a cotton candy quality. It was like easy on the ears, very competently done. It's nothing groundbreaking, but it's just, yeah, it's ear candy. If I was driving cross country, I stop at a a roadhouse bar in Texas. That song's on. It's a good vibe. Yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll ask a, a girl to dance. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. I'm a married um, man, Allie. <laughs> Even before so, that. Dancing is not illegal. <laughs> he comes from that footloose town. I am divorced. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I brought him Dolly Parton. He didn't like that. This you like? I had Code of Many Colors. That's a pretty good song. I brought you Code of Many Colors. Yeah, you were it was, like, yeah, it was it's good. I, uh, if I was going to try to impress you, this is not the songs I would choose. Oh, we I'll know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't yes. about me today. Uh, so, are are all these songs like from your childhood? Would you say or? Uh, I wouldn't say childhood, but younger years for sure. This next one was like more like college, like when I was like Harry Nielsen drunk most of the time. Ooh. Da, 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 da. Da, da, that sounds like eight ex-boyfriends I've had trying to sing. Da, 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 da. I'd rather be dead. That's a great song. <laughs> is this from the same era? This is still like 90s. This is like, yeah, that, that one was high school. This is probably college. Okay. It's just another white woman who's like in trouble because her heart's broken. Hey. Julie Roberts. Uh, yeah. Julie Roberts with the Julie song Roberts? Break Down Here. From 2003. 2003, I think we're going to run into trouble with the production. That's like a rough time. Yeah. Thinly are scared of, of that era. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, though. The loudness wars begun, they have. What is it, Ellie? I was just thinking, like, I was in high school in 2003, so maybe it, maybe the first one was junior high and this is high school again. Mm. So, all right. We went from junior high to high school. The evolution of, of your tastes uh, on display here, maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to watch these videos. I'm just not going to do them yeah. any favors. <laughs> that classic 90s look. <laughs> Super shiny. Brown. I really think this is a well-written song, as cheesy as it is. Yeah, I 
I didn't like that line. I'll be honest. <laughs> no. <laughs> Something smoking underneath the hood. It's a banging and a clanging, and it can't be good. <laughs> and it's another 50 miles to the nearest town. Shit. Everything I own's in the back in a hefty bag. Ah, oh, that inflection is rough. I don't like this one as much. She's got the guitarist from Three Doors Down next to her. She's got that male harmony underneath. <laughs> yeah, where'd this guy come from? Yeah, the course is better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a nice change right there. Ooh, little piano riff. Yeah, you can, you can turn it off. That's pretty much the gist. Right. That's a well-written song. I like it less than the first one. Yeah. Didn't yeah. have as much pop. I, I gotta, I'm gonna tr trade in my other one that is a good song that was kind of made cheesy and um, do something different that's, that's actually really cheesy. Okay. Is that cool? And do yeah. whatever you want. It's your segment. This is your, yeah. Yeah, those go big choruses are like, you know, something else. Like a, like a go big cheesy totally. country 90s, early 2000s chorus is like, it's like, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm watching Super Bowl or something. You know, it's just like I don't I don't love it, but it's undeniable in its attractiveness. Thomas, if someone made like let's say let's say we made a um like an like a nineties style country music video now, mm -hmm. like in an ironic way, do you think that would go over well on social media? Like would people get that reference? Like if we were like in a car and like I had my shoes off or something or I, I don't know. Totally. <laughs> mm. I'm listening. Scott promise. <laughs> I would love to record y'all doing this. The caption, though, has to say something really divisive and incendiary to get people's attention. You got to be holding a guitar while your feet are up on the dashboard. We got to get Oliver Anthony in the video. Oh, boy. He'll be no, in the backseat. No more talk of him. <laughs> y'all could also be in the bed of the truck together playing guitar. Uh, That's what it needs to be. See, she has the insight into like the minutia of these videos. Like she we grew just, up in yeah. this world. Yeah, we're just some freaking northeast we're city slickers. Right. You yeah. also need to wear Daisy Dukes. It doesn't oh, matter. Boy. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the end of <laughs> Yeah. They'll just cart you off right then and there. Um so this song, okay, from this moment on, duet by Brian White and Shania Twain. I've heard of uh, Shania oh, Twain, yeah. definitely. I know that I think I know this song. This is like pinnacle, cheesy duet country from the 90s, early 2000s. All right, yeah. let's do it. I'm ready to dive back in. Clearly, I have no idea of what year anything has happened in. I just swear. Oh, shit. That I'll always be there. It's so ambient. It is, yeah. And everything. Discreet music. With Shania Twain on top of it. I love that someone made their own video for this. Strength, happiness and sorrow. She can sing. Oh, no doubt. 
Yeah. I will love you. She could talk too. Do you like those scents, Thomas? Uh... Here we go. That's really getting started. From this moment, life has begun. From this moment, you are the He's like, one that's like a startling entrance. Right <laughs> you is where I belong. He's better at harmonizing, I think, than singing. Mm. You can skip forward a little to the to the chorus. To the end of the song. <laughs> I don't know where the chorus is. Oh. Three minutes in? Just let it roll. It let it roll. Right. Let's yeah. let it roll. We need the context. They do not play this kind of music where I live. Like, this is, I had never been exposed to this. <laughs> You're very lucky. <laughs> I give my hand to you with all my heart. You say that as you're just totally rocking out to this. This is your jam. <laughs> you can, you uh, can uh, stop it. Uh, no, no, wait. Oh, I wanted to hear the end of the chorus. He was going somewhere. He was doing something. I say, I didn't like that one because so you asked me if I liked the synths. For a moment I did, but then it, it went to like bad grocery store music sounds. Like just. Yeah. Totally. You know, there was like an era it's, where they were all producing songs the same way, the same instruments, just yeah. paint by numbers. It, it went too much into that territory for me. That's the guiltiest, I think, out of the out of the yeah. three. Those are the two. The first well, one you is, you I seem don't to have pretty conflicted feelings about that, Ali. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love it, but I also am embarrassed. There are better Shania Twain songs out there, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, the sense that whole song to me sounds like. Like one time I was in Mexico and it was just like instrumentals, bad instrumentals of Peter Gabriel music oh. everywhere. And that's what that background sounds like to me. Just like really bad instrumentation and like really bad synth noises like that. Yeah. It's pretty sterile. Waiting and, and room for, You know, sound. country is like, there's like a, there's an authenticity that makes the music work like people putting across their personality, putting across their lives. And it's like harder to do that when you can't, conceptualize anyone actually playing any of the music on the song. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. my least favorite. I definitely of the, of the three that we've listened yeah, to. Yeah. This has been, you started strong and it's been going down. <laughs> yeah. <each> like, song. <laughs> it's the one I just, it was so bad. I had to play it. it a good switch. Sure, good call sure. on whatever the other one, maybe, maybe the other one was great. The other one was too good to play. It's too good. It's not guilty enough. It was, it was, it was Willie and, um, Leanne Womack singing Mendocino County line, which actually, oh, that, that just song. sounds like classic. Yeah. Country. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. It's fine. So this next one is a parody song. My friend T told me about this song, and it it took me a minute, and then when I got it, I could not stop laughing. It's just I'll I'll let you guys figure it out. It's quite easy, but man, it's called "Parked by the Lake." I have no idea. As someone, some country artist made up a name to sing it under. I'm excited. You said this one was pretty bonkers, so. Well, it's not. It's not even bonkers. It's just like. I don't know. You'll you'll get it. Is this going to be like a Wheeler Walker Jr. type of deal? I don't know. Who, who is Wheeler is. Walker Jr.? I keep hearing this name. It's like he's this comedian? a comedian, but he does a all like a performance art, like all in fake country artist persona. Like he releases albums. He has a podcast as this like just 
horribly inappropriate like country outlaw guy. And it's like modeled after like Hank Williams Jr. type. Probably, yeah. Fellow. He's got like sunglasses, ten gallon hat, and okay, it's yeah. just really inappropriate. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny. It's like a Tony Clifton sort of deal, I guess. <laughs> yeah, love me some Tony Clifton. So, Parked by the Lake by Dean Summerwind. So, this is nothing to do That's with that. That's right. That's a great name. Dean Summerwind. I guess this is from five years ago. Let's check it out. I'm still parked out by the lake, 80 miles from Santa Fe. And I'm sitting here just parked out by the lake. If you're wondering where I parked, I'm out parked by the lake. Okay. <laughs> it's the lake that's 80 miles from Santa Fe. And I'm parked out by the that's lake. Good. 80 miles from Santa Fe. It's the lake that's parked where I'm at, out by the lake. That's great. And this lake is where. That's that's the whole trick of the song. That's great. It sounds if if you didn't if the words weren't hilariously bad, you know it's it's well produced. <laughs> the lyrics are getting better. They're getting more and more funny as it's going along. <laughs> it's just the same thing over and over and over and over. And it took me a minute. Like the first time I heard it, it took me halfway to the song to even be like, oh my god. It's a vibe. It's like if you say the same word over and over and over again long enough. It loses its meaning. You, you go on a journey, yeah. Like fork. That, that, that um, what's great about that too is it's, it's a good melody. Yeah. So like someone yeah. had the guts to be like, I'm going to take this good melody that I have and just <laughs> Waste blow it. it on this joke. Yeah, on this, on this song. Uh, it makes it even better. I don't think it would work as well if it wasn't, if it weren't, a well-written song. No. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's like you know, it's like what you would hear on the radio. Like it's. Oh, hundred percent. Not that I listen to the radio, but it is nicely, nicely done. And I got two million views, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, it deserves that. What is the the from your perspective like the worst preconception that people have about mainstream country that you think is like maybe unfair? Like from someone like Thomas's perspective, where he's just like he doesn't hear it in grocery stores. He gets like just the he probably just gets the worst yeah. shit. Lifts. That's the only place I hear is lifts and Ubers. <laughs> I mean, I honestly can't even defend it. Like there was someone who like did a ask G- Chat GPT to write a country song, and it was better oh. than like a lot of the shit that's out there. Which was if that gives you anything. And the thing is, is these people aren't even writing these songs. You know, they're in a writer's room where like four random people are together making this shit up. Like it's, it's, it's bad on so many levels. Mm. I don't know, but it's fun. If you're like, you can, like, I can listen to George Strait when he was younger. Um, you know, there's some good stuff out there, but I really can't, I can't even, I don't even, I wouldn't consider radio country like guilty pleasure. It's just like stuff I can't even listen to. Ali, I was in a jeans store in Wichita Falls. Uh, the first time I was there. Was it the buckle? 
I don't remember. It was the buckle. It, yeah, it was the buckle. So we were there, and um, I was with uh, a few of our mutual friends from that crew, and uh, they were playing George Strait, and there was like a huge, like life-size cutout of George Strait wearing these jeans. So I go, man, George Strait sucks. And uh, the guy who was with me looked at me, was like, went like this, and then Cut there were like out, three yeah. dudes uh, near us that looked over at me like I said, like you know, <laughs> balls or something, like like you know, like it was really like just craziness was coming out of my mouth. I was like, all right, I gotta watch my hot takes around here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, I, I will say, like, I as an I love outlaw country as much as I don't like radio country. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many good parts of country and old country and all sorts of country I could go into for days and days. But yeah, radio country is not one of them. Is there like a group of artists? I've been trying to get Thomas into country for a while now. And I did uh, the last time we did it. Well, for starters, I, I like the funky stuff. He likes that merge of like like seventies country, where it started to like veer like towards Waylon. We didn't get to Waylon, but I'm um, same era. Yeah, yeah. Waylon Jennings. I played him some. I think I played him like the Willie Nelson stuff that kind of has the funky backbeats and Larry John Wilson and just like you know people that are sort of more at the fringes of country in the seventies. They were on that line, but like if I was going to paycheck, <laughs> I don't think I played him Johnny paycheck. If we, if we like true country or whatever, that's like more straightforward. It doesn't have the funky element. Like where would you start? What would be your like sampler of what someone like him should be played? Who is like, not, he's not actively trying to not like it, but I feel like I'm not the right yeah. person to deliver this message. I mean, I would say like, you know, Hank Williams, Emmylou Harris, Waylon, Willie. Yeah, the old guard. Johnny Cash. Yeah, all of the old guard. I oh, mean, Johnny it, Cash. Yeah I've, yeah, I've heard plenty of Johnny Cash. Chris Christopherson, you would probably hate him. Uh, wait, You're no, correct. he wrote. I've, I played him Sunday Morning Coming he's Down. He wrote some and he classic was like, goddamn songs. No, Sunday Morning Coming Down, that's great. That's a great song. I just maybe the version that you shared, I was like, oh, I've heard better. He's, his his version. voice is an acquired taste. Unlike Loretta Lynn, and, you know, I would, yeah, I would I walk know you all down these from, names. Yeah, yeah, from like the first down to where we are today, you know, which I would put like. Even Gillian Welch is in that. Oh hell yeah! Now. You know, it's it's tra- changed quite a bit. My line every time is, "I do like Sturgill Simpson." Oh yeah, Meta Modern Sounds and Country Music. I love that album. Yeah. Well, then you like Waylon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then there's like those like Margot Price. She sings more in that vein of like kind of real country music. And there's like Sierra Farrell, who's super wacky and she's doing her own kind of weird country but none of the artists you've shown us today are going to fit under this category <laughs> no oh. no, <laughs> no <laughs> unequivocally there's a guy that you would absolutely hate who is one of my favorite his name is um willie carlisle and he's like country folk like appalachia so good any relation to brandy no no but i do love i can't believe she's considered country now yeah that's interesting What's the trend of like, um, you see it on YouTube a lot where it's like people singing like Jimmy Rogers covers with like neck tattoos. I have never seen like that. It's, it's, it's like the most. Matt's all about this. I love it. Um, but I don't necessarily love it. I think it's interesting. And I'm sort of trying to figure out like where it's coming from and why it's connecting with people so much. Like you have people playing the most old timey music possible while looking like the vibe is like gutter punk vibe or something like it. Yeah. It's like a Hank, have you been to a, I know you haven't been to a Hank the Third show, but 
his whole set is like the first set's country. The second set is like, okay, so first set is solo country. Second is like a little more rock and country with a band. And the third set is like flat out mosh pit, like that same kind of um, punk mm. kind of tattooed. I don't stay for the third set, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But I get it. There's definitely like a, there's a, a band called Split Lip Rayfield too, that it's, a lot of like hard country heroin addict punks. It's a scene, kind of bluegrass too. I'm curious. Wow, you're you're doing a much better job of selling the various uh, pleasures of new and old country than I think I was doing. Where it was just like, why don't you like this? You should like this song. <laughs> like it's boring. Um, What's the matter with you? Yeah, I mean it's it's an acquired taste, you know. Like I didn't grow up listening to Bruce Springsteen. It's something I came upon later in my life. One, you know? two, three, four. <laughs> And he, he wants to be country sometimes. Yeah, well, I heard Nebraska was the first thing I heard, so I was like, oh, I love this. And then, you know, some of the other stuff, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes some doing. Uh, somebody played me uh, some, like, really sparse version of Dancing in the Dark the other day, and I was like, so many of his songs could be stripped down and be, like, pretty depressing. Um, but anyway, this all brings me to the question of... What did we, in fact, learn today? I, I don't think I learned a whole lot from the first segment. I mean, I, you know what? That's not true. I, I didn't agree that Nielsen could go in a Disney direction. Now I kind of can't not think of it in that way. Same. If it weren't for frickin' Elvis Presley and John Lennon passing, he would have, I'm telling you, he would have gotten in there with Alan Menken or something. I think that's a, a genius observation. It was, it was nice and surprising to hear. And I think from Allie's segment, we learned that she doesn't need to feel as guilty about some of those no. tunes. Maybe just the third one. Du- country duets, it's like, it's hard for, it's hard for that to, like a, like a late 90s, early 2000s country duet. I feel like that's a genre on its own. It's on its own planet. I love a country duet. More like 60s, 70s duets. It's yeah, like yeah, my yeah. favorite thing oh, to yeah. do. Oh, I love it. But yeah, not the early 2000s. <laughs> Um, yeah, I learned, I mean, I'm glad I got it on, on record here. You just name like six different artists. I'm like, okay, I, yeah, I could check that out. This was so fun, y'all. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is, um, plugs time now. If anybody has something coming up, they want to mention, promote, share. I have a website. It's alleyholder.com. Yeah. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Oh, great. All my shows coming up are in Austin. So unless you're here. You're out of luck. You know, whatever. Go see Allie in Austin. It's great. I had a show this past weekend in Jersey City. It was very fun. Nice. That show I did at um, La Poisson Rouge, I didn't talk about it here, but all of my jokes bombed mm. on that show. Like, the music went over great, but anytime I spoke, it was just, like, <laughs> dead. <laughs> I was like, all right, fuck me. I'm going to play more songs, I guess. You'd think you'd be used to that by now. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I like your jokes. I like his jokes, too. Some of them, you know, are hokey. Him and I playing at the same time is is almost too many awkward jokes that bomb. <laughs> it's like two of us just bombing over and over and over. Yeah. It's really a carpet bomb. It's a carpet bombing carpet session. Bomb. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I got plenty of stinkers on my end too. But uh, if you out there in podcast land enjoyed this episode of Losing My Opinion, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss a future episode. Follow Losing My Opinion on Instagram, TikTok, or Zitter. <laughs> Is that for real? I'm going to call it no, Zitter. It's, it's actually called X. Oh, Twitter. The URL, if you, you go to twitter.com, you don't go to noX.com. So. What is it? Twitter.com? Yes, fucking twitter.com. They didn't update that. <laughs>
But wherever you want to follow us, we uh, share funny clips and all that. And today, <clears throat> I definitely put forth the idea that Nilsson could have been a Disney contender. He could have been a Disney legend. And I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. Is that supposed to be a Nilsson impression? I had a little phlegm in my throat is what happened there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it was close enough. I'll say thank you, Allie, for being here. Thank yeah. you all so much. It was nice to meet you and good to see you, Matt. Of course. Um, we hope you'll do this again at some point and maybe. Yeah. Would it be country of me to say, y'all come back now, you hear? That is like. I mean, you're welcome <laughs> to say that. You can say whatever you want, but that is like. That's not the custom. Very stupid. Okay. No. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly what people sound like, but someone would probably hit you if you said that. <laughs> and it would be well-deserved. <laughs> I think we can all agree that that would be a well-deserved well, punch. Bless their heart. Oh, God. What do people talk like where you're from? Where, where's... Oh, where do you live? What is that? They make that sound. Oh, oh God. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very particular accent from? that's dying out. Western Massachusetts. Well, like Ted, Ted Kennedy? They talk like, like Ted cu- Kennedy? Massachusetts country bumpkin accent is, it's hard to imitate, but it's a vibe. It's, and it's, it's kind of to the point. I can't really approximate it. Oh, it's a hop, skip, and a jump over there. Oh, yeah, it's a bit, that's my best. Oh, is it like Pet Cemetery, Allie? Is it like, is that what well, it's yeah, a little like It's that, a little Maine. That whole like Maine, Northeastern, oh, down Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah, love that. Uh, but mm-hmm. anyway... <laughs> Well, those are your those are your people. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to do impressions of my people because I have to go back to Long Island at some point. So I'm going <laughs> to get run out of town over there. I've been working hard on getting rid of this uh, rid of my Long Island accent. So Long Island. Trying to go back to it. Long Island. Thank you, Ali. We hope we'll have you back. Thanks for having me. And I'll say so long, suckers. We'll see you next week. And I'm gonna see.